0: I know. Like that's very healthy. I'm very impressed.
1: Thank you. Good, <laughs> Good afternoon. This is AJ, one of the co-founders of Spela, here with the Bedroom to Boardroom podcast. Today we have a wonderful guest, Jade. Say what's up.
0: Hey, what's up?
1: So tell us about yourself, Jade.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. No
1: oh, wow. um, oh,
0: pleasure. <laughs> Have to be for like, um, basically, I am a well, predominantly, I'm a physiotherapist, so I specialize in musculoskeletal physio, and I've also got a keen interest in holistic medicine. I've studied a bit of nutrition, I also do a bit of acupuncture and sport massage, and I basically run my own physiotherapy clinic. So that's Beautiful. kind of like a sum up.
1: <laughs> so, we'll start off how we start off with all our podcasts a quick. Q&A round. So first question, are you ready?
0: I'm ready, let's do it.
1: What was the first concert you ever went to?
0: Bicycles.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what were you me about?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, listen, to each their own, I'm not here to judge. Alright, next question, cats or dogs? Cats. Okay, okay, it's the first time I've heard that on the podcast. I,
0: I like all animals, but I have a cat at home, so you know, I'm okay, a bit biased. a bit
1: more independent. Um, I like that. Yeah, vibe.
0: I don't have time to walk a dog. Otherwise, I'd have one.
1: <laughs> Favorite genre of music? Uh, R and B. Classical. Okay, no, I thought. If you could create a slogan <laughs> for your life, what would that slogan be?
0: God, that's a that's a good question. Uh, my slogan would probably have to be work hard and make sure that you visualize the life that you want.
1: Okay, what's the worst job you've ever had? I like that slogan. Did you
0: just made up on the spot? Um, The worst job I've ever had, uh, probably working in a really horrible hotel when I was like fourteen with really pervy customers for three pounds an hour. Oh
1: wow! Okay, so it was a terrible (laughs) job and the shit pay as well. Sorry,
0: yeah, it was was, terrible job and the bad money and terrible food. Okay. So, that was by far the worst one, but I've worked since I was young, so it's yeah, it's been a rough journey.
1: There is a zombie apocalypse coming. Oh, Who are three people you want on your team? Do
0: so they have to be famous?
1: No, it could be anybody. It could be your mother, uncle, okay. could be other gods. They're
0: useless. God I, would like the bear, <laughs> I would like Bear Grills.
1: Okay, good choice. <laughs> he's, a bit, he's a bit old now. He's coming up in an age. I'm not sure if so he's, he's still
0: never, old. I need his survival skills. You know, because if you have to be in the wilderness, I think it might be useful.
1: But the argument is, in a lot of those TV shows he's on, you know, how much is he really surviving? How much of it is just TV production?
0: True, but he looks like he's got some knowledge, so I'll take a chance.
1: (laughs) She'll tell you which which plants are the good ones to eat.
0: Yeah, so that's one person. I'd probably take my best friend, because she's a good fighter. (laughs) So she can back, back me up. And she's brave. So I'd take my best friend, definitely. And then I'd have to take maybe like a fighter or something, maybe like a boxer. Okay. Someone with good fitness, the good motivation to keep you going because I might want to give up.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> now we've got those uh <laughs> <laughs> <icebreaker> <laughs> questions out of the way. I feel as if I know you uh, a little bit better.
0: Uh, so, oh, I'm you sounded bit. surprised at my answers.
1: <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm always surprised because those aren't the ones I would have gone for. I've actually never oh, put some time into answering these questions myself. So now I think about oh, it. I'll probably switch it off on
0: first. you. <laughs> this
1: is my podcast. Do that. I
0: hope you don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. We've touched bad.
1: upon w- what you do briefly, your background. I'm curious, how did you get into PTN?
0: Into physics and, um,
1: and everything that you I've do? I've always
0: kind of liked biology. I was really interested in the human body. And when I was about 15, I had a horse riding accident. So I had like um, really bad back pain. So I had physio and I thought, oh, this is all right. You know, (laughs) that's kind of, I'm I'm someone that's quite spontaneous. So I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And that's kind of just how it started. But yeah, I find biology really interesting and I wanted to do something that was more natural. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the physio side came in because I didn't want to do something where I was like shoving medicine down someone's throat. I wanted to do something a little bit more holistic and something that I could actually start my own business in. So yeah, physios kind of fitted that really well.
1: And so on the topic done. of starting your own business, why was that an appeal for you?
0: Um, I've always said, I think since I was like 16, I'm going to have my own business. I think maybe it's the Scorpio in me. Like I just don't like, I like to be my own boss. I really like to be in control of what I'm doing. And I've also worked for a lot of clinics that have done things badly or been dodgy. And I just wanted to kind of try and do it the right way. So I could generally help people. And I find some people, especially in private healthcare, there's a very thin line between ethics and making money. And I feel a lot of people cross that line. And that's something that I wanted to make sure that I didn't do. So that's kind of why I wanted to do my own thing.
1: What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in your career?
0: Um, That's a good question. I I am very lucky. I don't feel like I've done anything catastrophic so far. Uh, I think the biggest mistake that I've made is probably rushing into things, spending a lot of money without thinking about it first in terms of like courses that I've done that I've later regretted and I've spent like five grand and I'm, I'm quite an impatient person. So I do rush into things without thinking. So yeah, it's not good always. Sometimes good. Sometimes not.
1: (laughs) To, to a layman like me, what exactly does neuro, (laughs) I can't even pronounce it. You said it so well the
0: first time (laughs) you messed
1: up. Neuro yeah, skeletal, physical. Skeletal.
0: Yeah, yeah, it sounds positive what it is. Neuro is basically like nerves, muscles, joints, if you want to kind of look at it like that. So we deal with like all kind of nerve issues, like probably sciatica is the most common one that you've probably heard of, um, like trap nerves. We deal with like muscular strains, muscular pro- problems, back pain, neck pain, ankle pain, basically most joints in the body we cover. So that's basically what it stands for. So when you do physio, you specialize in a certain area because we kind of do, I, I don't know why, but a lot of people always say to me they think physio is just massage. I'm like, I wish it was because it would have been a lot easier on the course. But we do neuroscience, so you can do neurophysio. We work with like stroke patients, brain injury. We do like amputees. We do military physio, women's health. There's so many things you can do. So I kind of specialized in musculoskeletal physio when I left because that's kind of what I enjoyed the most. But yeah, we do it. We work in a lot of, we also work in respiratory. So we work in a lot of different areas, which I don't think a lot of people realize.
1: That sounds amazing. It sounds like you are able to help different ages and d- different demographics with their, with their pains.
0: Yeah, so some people do paediatric, but that, I never actually did that. So I don't think that's where my forte lies.
1: you have got kids then, basically. Help yeah, yeah. So you, children. You can
0: do, yeah, you can do so. physio with babies and stuff like that. So,
1: But so I never sounds had Interesting. Um I had yeah. university I went to a I guess you could say my university was somewhat sporty. I played a lot of sports. Most of my teammates were studying some kind of sports science degree. Um what advice would you give to somebody wanting to break into your industry?
0: Into physiotherapy. Mm-hmm. Definitely get experience beforehand. Um I think it can be quite um depending what uni you apply to it can be quite Um, Like challenging to get in because they only accept a certain amount of numbers. So get an experience because I see a lot of people do it do like two, three years, and then decide they don't want to do it anymore. So (laughs) I definitely say do work experience before you start, um, just to show that you've already had a taste of it. And definitely make sure that that's the area you want to go into because it's a lot of work to kind of do all that and then decide you don't want to do it anymore. Um, so yeah I think work experience is probably the most important thing and just do your own studying around it because I find in universities a lot of what I teach my patients I didn't learn at uni um, it's stuff that I've self-taught when they teach you anatomy it's it's kind of not basic but because it, it's hard work but they don't teach you kind of the things that I basically go in terms of holistic so I'd definitely say do your own research
1: okay and know um, <laughs> it's a bit controversial here so I see a lot of fitness people on instagram and there's this fitness industry that you know at one stage of my life i partook in and i see a lot of people who aren't qualified creating businesses on shitty advice <laughs> you know somewhat detrimental to people's like well-being in, in in the long run one what are your thoughts on this and two how do we stop this dissemination of like misinformation in regards to the fitness industry
0: To be honest with you, I don't think you can stop it. There's no regulations in place. In terms of physio and things, there is, because you're not allowed to obviously pose as a health professional if you're not. But in terms of fitness, there's no real regulations. If somebody's not physically training somebody, you can't really regulate it. So I don't think it will change, personally. Um, I just think it's down to people doing their own research really and checking that people that are following are actually legit I think it's us that has to do the work personally but obviously I don't agree with it I mean if someone's just showing their physique and things like that I think that's fine Um, but I think people that follow people those physiques are naturally going to want to know what they're doing that's the problem Mm -hmm. so I think it's in demand so if it's in demand it's hard to stop but yeah, I don't agree people should be giving in detailed advice and things that they're not trained to do, but I, I also don't believe it's something that we can stop, to be honest. But, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things.
1: We're fucked. So I've seen an uptake. Actually, I speak to a, a lot of women about fitness, and it's quite interesting the, the, <laughs> the gender differences in fitness goals. So men tend to be very focused on, like, top-heavy fitness regimes. <laughs> Whereas women are very focused on bottom heavy fitness regimes and women always find women with the the desired bottom heavy physique and they reach out to them. And out of nowhere, this woman is now selling courses on how to create their booty builder in eight to six weeks. And I bought a few, right? Because I was so curious. And like, somebody, you bought a booty builder? Yeah. I had to do research <laughs> in the industries I was in. At one stage, I was in this industry. So I wanted I want to know everyone else is selling. I wanted to fundamentally steal all their learnings. And put it, in, put it into my course. And I made a little bit of money selling it. But some of it was just absolutely bullshit. And um, Yeah, I
0: think it depends on the... I mean, if, it's, if some of their books are guided by trainers, so I think that's okay. Like, there's certain um, people's apps that have fitness apps that I follow that are actually written and guided by professionals. So mm-hmm. I think it depends on, obviously, who's collaborated with them. If that makes sense.
1: Yep. So overall, how long have you been in your industry for?
0: I've been qualified as a physio for six years now.
1: Okay, how have you found months. the industry? Has it been welcoming to you?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think building my business was a lot easier than I actually expected in some terms. But there's Next. some dodgy. I've worked for some dodgy companies, d- definitely. <laughs> um, I've seen some crazy things in my in working in some clinics. Um, and Are you going to share? Kind of Push me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it it's just more sort of again around patient. Sort of taking patients' money and building revenue rather than actually helping people. But like I've seen companies forward money, hard hide money under floorboards. I've seen companies um, you know, send patients for MRIs to get money when they don't need them, charge them for consultations that they don't need. Um, I've seen them charge them for paperwork that they shouldn't be charged for. Um, they, a lot of them will swindle. Insurance companies, so there's a lot of that stuff going on. Like there was, I remember there was a time I was in an NHS clinic in a private company, but we had an NHS contract, and there was too many people. And I said to my boss, like, you know, I can't fit them back in. You need to, you need to bring somebody else in. And they said, oh well, if you just let them walk out, they'll probably forget. You know, just things (laughs) like that. Like, it's just, yeah, I've just seen some terrible, some terrible practice. I think the problem is with a lot of people in healthcare. They're good at some of them are good at healthcare, but not good at running a business. And I think that's where the problems come in.
1: Okay, wow. That's very interesting. You've made me very skeptical now. I've always been kind of cautious. Yeah. <laughs>
0: doctors in you know, all healthcare professionals. I've profession. heard some very strange stories in my time. Oh,
1: you're not I've really heard of a hope. male
0: physio. Yeah, I've heard of a male physio saying to one of my female patients, I didn't know the male physio, but something like, oh, do you mind if I turn the light off when I treat you? You know, like there's, there are always some people out there that are oh, strange and don't act correctly. And it is slightly worrying, you know. Like I'm not one that always trusts the healthcare professional's opinion, to be honest. So it depends who it is. But
1: I told you to, I was not trusting any healthcare professional until today. Today I Yeah, bit hopefully you tell
0: me. <laughs>
1: oh well, I guess in two ways really. One with this podcast, but today I bit the bullet. I paid for my first personal training session to help me with my knee. And um it went well during that same session. I managed to do what's it 240 for two reps due to my glutes now being less tight? Um, so I'm quite happy. I with- could have helped you, yeah. I miss we'll, uh, off the podcast, <laughs> but we'll talk about that
0: oh, but nothing I to
1: touch today. Was so Nipsey Hustle brought to light Dr. Sebi and yes. some of his holistic remedies yes. to some of the illnesses. Done my research. I don't feel necessarily too educated on the topic, but I believe that you are.
0: I well, to some extent, yeah. <laughs> Could you guess
1: right on holistic medicine?
0: Yeah. So, do you mean in terms of Doctor Sebi?
1: In terms of his work and any other work that you are aware of
0: yeah so I, I do love ROP Dr Sebi. I do, I do absolutely love his work, and I think it was brilliant what he was doing and I like the legacies left behind um, obviously his he's kind of view on things was uh, alkalinity and eating eating an alkaline based diet um, and when you when you look into the research, I do believe that an alkaline diet does suit the human body much better. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's because it makes your blood alkaline," and that's not technically true because your blood's always alkaline, or we'd basically be dead or in a coma. It always stays between 7.35 and 7.45 pH, so we basically are alive. So it doesn't directly change your blood, but it changes the environment your body's in, and it feeds your cells better, which is why he named his product "Cell Food." Um, I think his website that is up now has been taken over, so I think the products have been changed. So I definitely don't recommend people buy them from his website. Um, and they are very expensive as well um but yeah he's his kind of basis was well the bottom sort of lining of most diseases and mucus buildup, because we do have a very acidic diet which is true a lot of us do um, and his basis was that if we alkalize our body and treat ourselves with herbs that we can cure that way and I think he used fasting quite a lot as well which is something that definitely has some really good um, effects on the body especially good for diabetes um, so yeah that was kind of his basis um, and I do definitely think diet is important I do think we should eat more alkaline based food uh, I do still eat some, some acidic foods myself but I am plant-based but I also don't believe really that diet is everything you could eat an alkaline you could eat every single food on dr sebi's list and be completely alkaline raw very healthy and you you could live in a stressful environment or have something stressful happen in your life or you feel low kind of low frequency emotions for a long period of time you're still going to get a chronic disease and this is why i say to people eating healthy isn't enough on its own and i think dr sebi's plan is absolutely fantastic in terms of what we should eat but i don't think that that's enough to be optimally healthy if that makes sense um, sure. I'm, one guy I absolutely love, you've probably seen me post him all the time because I love him, is Joe Dispencer. Um, Dr. Joe Dispenser, he's a chiropractor originally, so we're in the same kind of field, and he's now a neuroscientist. And he works a lot alongside Bruce Lipton, who's also a scientist. And their work is phenomenal, so they work on epigenetics, which is basically showing that the way we think and perceive things changes our biology. And they've actually got people to self-heal without even changing anything externally. Um, and that's what I've thought is really interesting because they're saying the longer you're in a low frequency emotion, i.e. stress, the more it stops your cells communi- communicating properly within your body, it causes incoherence. So eventually you'll end up with some type of chronic disease. Um, and I think that's fascinating because I see that a lot in the clinic in terms of neck pain to do with stress. Um, they change their lifestyle, they come back, they've got no neck pain. And I haven't even done anything hands on, you know. <laughs> so it's, I think it plays a massive part. And I, that's why I talk a lot about the three pillars of health, which is diet, exercise mindset like you have have to have kind of all three moment which has great YouTube stuff. So I'd definitely recommend watching his stuff if you haven't already.
1: So, so yeah, I don't want to say too much too. <laughs> that, that that balance of lifestyle. Diet yes. size and what was the other one?
0: Mindset. So that's in terms of Joe okay. Dispenser's and Bruce Lipton's work on epigenetics. I think we need that as well as having a good diet.
1: So in terms of like lifestyle, you mentioned stress being a low frequency mood to be in. Um, yeah. How does stress manifest? I, I honestly, I've never felt stress before.
0: I don't know. <laughs> how,
1: I don't know how stress is supposed <laughs> whatever, to feel. You're regular taking, people. Give me some. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, there, there's some feelings that I'm not necessarily that that in tune with. Um, if I'm being transparent. Oh,
0: that's amazing but for Stress their is never body. one. I
1: felt I felt nervous before. Um, I feel nervousness, nervousness manifesting, whether it's my heart, my palms getting sweaty, maybe my armpits too. But stress, I've, I've, I've never felt. So I'm, I'm curious, how does stress...
0: That's crazy. I've never in? heard someone say that before, you know. I just
1: don't really get stressed. I just, I just don't care about things that much. Apart from like, yeah. oh, I, did, I did this well, exercise. I need so to hang
0: around and do that. Maybe it'll rub off on me. I'll, I'll tell
1: you the exercise. Give it a try. So one of my teachers at school uh, was my philosophy teacher. I believe... James, he was my philosophy teacher, and he did an exercise by which he had two sheets of paper. One sheet of paper was things he cared about, the other sheet of paper was things he didn't care about. And then he made this list, and as you can imagine, the things you care about are like extensive. it's in a very exhaustive list, and the things you don't care about, you know relatively small in comparison. And then he'd revisit this list every single like two weeks, three weeks, and in six months' time. The list of things he actually cared about was very, 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 very minimal compared to what it was six months I earlier, love that. and the things he didn't care about were fucking large. And I did the same exercise, and I realized a lot of things I just don't care about. Um, but that I love that—that's such
0: a good idea.
1: Give it a try, everyone. Let everyone listen. Give the exercise a try. Um, if your girlfriend or your partner falls on that things I don't care about list, hey, listen, it wasn't meant to be. Don't blame the <laughs> up
0: that's such a good idea i might have to steal that one
1: yeah give it a try we're here to here to share the wealth
0: so yeah i mean i do a lot of affirmations and stuff so that would probably work very well and i do my gratitude stuff so that would work very well with that i think
1: so i've started that recently so my coach wanted me to be a bit more appreciative of things so every single day i have to outline three things that i'm grateful for or appreciative and i put in my little notebook
0: Oh, like I do that. I do ten though. So maybe you should oh, up whoa. your game.
1: No, ten is three. <laughs> ten is the magic is a number. Three is a stretch.
0: You could think this. of ten. You could. I say things like oh. I'm grateful for having a roof over my head. Certain things I repeat because I want to affirmate them.
1: Not sure.
0: So you I'm you could add in some
1: experiences. Things. So I liked. I don't know. I felt appreciative that this person did this for me, or I felt appreciative of this moment today. Um, and sitting back every single day at eight o'clock having to think of these three things is actually a task. It's one of the hardest things I do all day.
0: <laughs> it should get easier. <laughs> I just think well, of the most simplest 20 things days in.
1: And I'm literally
0: like I'm grateful for my car or I'm grateful okay. for the food I ate today. You know, like I say the most simplest things, but it all matters. So it's be, gratefulness well, is a good frequency, so it doesn't really matter what you're saying it about.
1: There's a few things you touched upon that I kinda wanna delve into. So one being fasting. Second being, yeah. plant based. So there's yeah. been um, dun,
0: dun, dun, <laughs> a
1: gang, gang of people on Instagram and social medias that have started back it. officially. It's the plant based vegan gangs.
0: Um, I hate it. I hate all of it. I hate the, the whole yeah, vegan thing. Really I hate the word it down our
1: throats, it. on our necks. Vegan propaganda movies. whatever, What the hell? <laughs> um You name it. It's like, a like
0: we're movies. some zombies.
1: Yeah. So that has skewed the benefits of a plant-based diet in the eyes of many meat eaters but i believe there is a lot of benefit to enjoying that plant-based diet do you want to share some of those with our listeners
0: Sure. like I I have to say that I'm not one that judges people's diets. I, I've always said it's not my place to judge. That's God's job. So it's not like when I talk about plant-based diets that I judge other people's diets because I really feel like that perception comes when you're vegan, although I hate that word. Um When you say you're vegan, people automatically are like, oh, they're going to judge you. Or, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't, I don't ever do that. You know, I happily sit in front of people eating whatever they eat and it's, you know, it's, that's not my business. <laughs> what I do on my page is obviously people that are already interested in it. You know, people don't obviously have to listen to it. You know, I don't force it on people by any means. So I just like to kind of always make that clear. But I mean, m- my view is the reason why I don't like the word veganism is because, I mean, that comes from mainly to do with like animal welfare more than it is anything else. And I don't really like kind of the perception around that word either. Um, so I do prefer the term plant-based because I always say you can eat vegan and still be very unhealthy. Like there's all these vegan products popping up now just to make sure they obviously flus up with chemicals. This is full of crap, like salt and chemicals, and it's just as unhealthy. And a lot of people that eat vegan just eat shit basically. So they don't get the same nutrients. So eating plant-based, um, for me means it's more sort of natural based foods. So like the, you know, the veggies and the fruits and the more natural grains rather than talking about like processed vegan food if that makes sense. Mm. So that's kind of how I look at it. And I I feel like, you know, the reason why I, t- I turned to a plant-based diet originally was because they were trying to put me on long-term thyroid medication and I don't like taking medication. So I didn't want to go on it. So I said to the doctor, I'm going to do lifestyle changes, change my diet, you know, take some herbs I you help the thyroid. I'll come back in three months. And she looked at me like, this girl's nuts. Um, and she said to me, oh, there's no research that supports saying that changing your diet helps the thyroid problem. I was like, oh, why is there no research? She said, oh, because no one will fund it. I'm like, oh, well, that's not surprising. Um, because most research now is funded by private companies and not the government. And obviously they're they're biased to making money. So that's where there becomes problems. I said that I'm going to do it anyway. I'll come back because I'm not taking the medication. Um, So that's when I went more plant-based, ate a, a lot more alkaline food, took the herbs, came back three months later and my bloods were normal. So I didn't need the medication anymore. And that's kind of what got me on it. In the first place, and sort of finding Dr. Sebi and seeing the benefits. And you look at it and you think, when you look at our structure, how long our intestines is, you look at our jaws, our teeth, like to me, it just made sense that these foods suit our cellular structure a lot better. Like, you only get cholesterol from animal products. So, when people are suffering a lot from like diabetes, that's now being related more to meat. So, there's obviously some types of Alzheimer's and dementia alongside chemicals that cause it as well. Um, but yeah, there's quite a lot of things you start to realize that heart disease mainly comes from eating meat products. Um, it can Obviously, it's now carcinogenic. Um, and you start to see on a lot of these websites, like the Heart Association, they're obviously now classing like sausages in the same category as cigarettes and stuff like that. So that's kind of what made me change, basically.
1: So I went through a, how long was it? 18 months of plant-based, thanks to an ex-girlfriend who, you know, made me commit to a plant-based diet. <laughs> she did a good I job. I felt, honestly, yeah, she, she, um, shout out to her. Anyway, <laughs> I felt... <laughs> She's not a recruiter, so I don't really know. But anyway, recruiters—we'll get one on the podcast. And I went through an amazing eighteen months where I just felt amazing. Like all these pains and aches I was feeling in my body kind of just yeah. went. Wasn't really That's feeling true. my muscles were inflamed. I was sleeping better, drinking less coffee—no four or five cups a day like I'm, I normally do. Oh Jesus! Yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to cut down.
0: But yeah. now I'm looking <laughs> to
1: go back. But the issue I find is when I was on that that plant-based diet. I was eating corn, which I believe is a processed food. It is. Um, There we go. So that's probably an issue. So I need to go go away and find some recipes that actually taste good. Because an issue I have found when you go to restaurants and you try to eat, you know, vegetarian, vegan, plant-based, whatever you want to call it, is, man, the food is shit. A pot. Oh, really?
0: See, I've not found that. Maybe that's because I know where to go, though.
1: Okay, I don't know where to go. Educate us. Yeah.
0: I think you definitely got to Google some good vegan restaurants because there's so many. There's pharmacy,
1: there's like Mildred's. That's all I know.
0: Yeah. My favorite takeaway one is Temple of Satan. If you haven't been there, you need to go. It's so good. I would
1: never have known that.
0: So I think it. there's one in Camden and I think there's one somewhere else, but I can't remember where, <laughs> but I've been to the one in Camden. It is so good. You need to try it. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I actually really, really like Asian food. So for me, when I cook vegan, I always like to cook kind of Asian styled vegan food. And there's actually so many options. I mean, I just Google my recipes to be quite honest, because there's so many good things free online. I don't really see the, the point in buying books and stuff and spending money. So mm-hmm. I just Google them and there's some really, really good vegan recipes online that I've tried. And Instagram has some brilliant vegan pages. If you just type in like vegan recipes, um, like kind of the pages with high followers have some really, really good recipes. So I follow a lot of their content as well. I've got some really good ideas on Instagram.
1: Are they, they flavoursome? Because of what I found... They is, are.
0: Okay. I use a lot of seasoning. I really like really spicy yeah. food. So
1: that's what I found. I, vegan I overseason pages most really, of my food. <laughs> they only really have, really have that seasoning. They have, it's quite bland, the food for whatever reason. Um, yeah, maybe know.
0: you haven't tried enough because there's so many different ones I need, I need to show you so you don't think it's yes. bland.
1: <laughs> Beautiful. But then it's so, like
0: blandness is just down to uh, the seasons, the same in this, that it is a meat kind of thing. Do you know what I mean?
1: Sure. So we, I like to end our podcast by giving our users, um, our listeners, sorry, actionable insights. So let's rewind the clock. Rewind, 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 rewind. Most of our audience is between the ages of 18 to, to 23. Um, what advice do you wish somebody had given you when you were that age?
0: In terms of health or in general?
1: Just general general advice. General.
0: It, it could be I wish I had more business advice. Okay. I wish that um, I found these mentors online a lot earlier. So if I was to go back to being 18 again, I think I would try to be business minded a lot more earlier on to kickstart it quicker. I would find an online mentor. At that age, it doesn't, a mentor could be someone that's died, it could be someone that you know, it could be somebody that you just follow online. I follow a lot of the business mentors on YouTube. Um, You probably see me post them all the time. Um, And my advice when you're that young, if you want to start a business, is find a mentor from early because it really helps.
1: Beautiful. And if you weren't in the field you're in right now, what do you think you'd be doing?
0: That's a really good question. I actually have no idea. (laughs) I really don't. I don't know what I'd do. I know it sounds really strange, but I felt like health was kind of a pathway that was already mapped out for me. My name Jade actually means healing. Um, So I felt like it was kind of a path that was already mapped out. I think, to be honest with you, if I wasn't doing this, I'd do something to do with animals because I absolutely love animals. So it will probably be something to do with that. Maybe like a vet or something like that.
1: And the last one, what do you think are the secrets behind how you've got to where you've gotten to so far? Not to say that your marathon is finished, it's still a lot more left Definitely lasting. not.
0: <laughs> Just start. I would say hard work and, and many sacrifices.
1: Sacrifices such as?
0: Sacrificing my social time, sacrificing going to things that I'd like to go to, sacrificing seeing friends and family, a lot of sacrificing.
1: But... It's all worth it in the end.
0: It's all worth it. You can't. It. It. I've always said, depending on where you want to go in life, if you want to be in that top one percent, you mm-hmm. have to. There is. There is no such thing as a work-life balance. It doesn't sure. exist. You should have one at some point, but it depends on how far you <laughs> want to go. <laughs> I've
1: spoken to somebody, a guests on a podcast before, and we we mentioned Kobe Bryant, and one of the things he said is. All he focuses on is basketball. So when you're at the cinema with your girlfriend, he's thinking about basketball. When you're spending time with your kids, he's thinking about basketball. How can he <laughs> be great when he's so focused on his Exactly,
0: 1%. And that's, I think, what you have to do if you want to be that top one percent. I think that's why not many people make it and why it's such a small percentage, because it is really hard. It is really, really hard. And I think there are times where it really does affect your mental health. And you, you do have to be quite strong. One of the guys that I absolutely love in terms of business is Dan Pena. Um, okay. crazy he's guy. a bit crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. But I saw him at the London summit stressed,
1: this year. Man.
0: I, do, I just absolutely love his attitude. I find him hilarious. But I think like you do have to kind of have a bit of that attitude. Maybe not as much as he does, but you do need a bit of that to get where you need to get basically. And like you said, that's why many people don't make it because they're not willing to make these sacrifices and work 15 hours and have less and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But I think when you're young, you've got the energy to do it. That's when you need to do it. Mm And I wish I started younger, but in my career that was only so young, I could (laughs) start because obviously I had to get my degree. So, but But yeah, you can start younger. You don't need a degree. And I don't believe university is the best option unless you're doing something very specific like what I did. Um, Most of the successful people in the world don't even hold a GCSE. So I think if you're going to do business, university is not the place to learn.
1: I think we should be conscious of the message we put out. So being in that one top percent fundamentally isn't for everybody. <laughs> just no, be- it's what makes you happy at the end of the day. Like, exactly. I wouldn't be
0: happy just doing a nine to five, but that doesn't mean that the person next to me isn't. And I think it's whatever, if you're quite happy to do a nine to five, a lot of people don't want to do this, you know, take on all the stress and run their own company. Mm-hmm. It's about what makes you happy at the end of the day. I like what Gary Vee says when he's like, too many people work a job for a lot of money that they hate to run a four bed house when they only use two of the bedrooms. You know, if it's that kind of scenario, your happiness is definitely should go above that. But for me, I won't be happy unless I make big moves. But that's just what makes me happy. So, yes, definitely not for everybody. You've got to do, you know, what you feel like's your kind of purpose.
1: And how do you think people should go out and find what makes them happy? Trial and error?
0: Definitely make loads of mistakes, fail loads of times. Failing is great. Uh, Gary Vee says the same thing. If you hate failing, you've already lost.
1: And I think that is a powerful way to end the podcast. So Jade, feel free to share your socials where we can get you at.
0: Oh, thank you. My Instagram is PT, And so is my Twitter. And my YouTube is also PT. Make it nice and easy.
1: Beautiful. Well, really appreciate <laughs> Sharing your time with us this uh, yeah, cold, thank you
0: so much for having cold, me on. I really appreciate weekend it. Weekend in London. Yeah, trust me, I'm freezing in my flat, so I'm Take definitely going to um, crank the heating up. But thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. there we go.